Welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about the newest Netflix hit movie to all the boys I've loved before, and I'm really excited to be joined by two of my friends, Lissa Adderhold and Denise Ackerman. Guys, thanks for joining me. <laughs> thanks for having us. Sorry. Yeah, we're already giggling, and we haven't even yeah. talked about rom-coms yet. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. us, just think, just think when we get into all the cute one-liners <laughs> in this movie, I'm not going to be able to get them to stop laughing, and then the podcast will just uh, go off the rails. But I'm I'm glad I could have you guys on because I know that I knew uh, Lisa was a big fan of the movie because I was able to stalk her on Letterboxd and I just kind of invited Denise because I just know she likes it and I just assumed she had seen it, which I guess was a was a was a fair assumption to make. And I and I I I, I honestly this movie I was kind of very dismissive of. I was uh, talking to Denise last week about like, hey, want to come do a podcast about crazy Asians? And she couldn't do it, but I was like, oh, we'll figure something else out. She's like, well, you know, Netflix is doing a lot of cool things these days. I was like, ah, there's like a factory of movies. Like none of them are really that good. Set it up was kind of cool, I guess. And I think I had seen like one other letterbox review and one other critic I follow, like just talk crap about this movie. And I was like, all right, I wrote it off. And then I just like actually heard more people like, oh no, it's good. So I, I decided to watch it. I was like, actually kind of charmed by it. So to just give a quick synopsis for anyone that like hasn't seen it or needs a refresher. To all the boys I loved before follows a girl named uh, Laura Jean Covey, who is uh, fairly shy and just lives in a bit of a fantasy world where she likes to think about all the boys that she's loved before and uh, writes love letters to them as a way to capture her feelings. Uh, Her younger sister sends them out. One of them goes to her sister's ex-boyfriend, who Laura Jean had had a crush on. Hilarity ensues. It looks like both of you guys are already having another laughing fit there, so I'll throw it to whichever one of you first uh, has thinks you can uh, start talking the easiest. So uh, I'll start with Denise. Denise, uh, what did you think when you saw this? Uh, saw the premise for this movie as a rom-com connoisseur? What was your initial thoughts, and based on what you hope to get out of rom-coms, uh, how did it satisfy uh, those expectations? Well, I think, um, first of all, I think it's important to know, I actually follow the person who wrote to all the boys I've loved before. Cause it's actually based on a YA novel. Had you read the I don't book? Know if either you that. No, I actually, I never read the book, but I, I think she's, um, goodness, I forgot her name on, but she, um, she has a really funny Twitter account. And then she was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, they're turning to all the boys I've loved before into a movie. When did you see that? Um, wow. Months ago. Oh. And then when it came out, yeah. And then she like started talking about it fanfare. Um, and so, and I like YA novels. I still read them. Yeah, who um, didn't? <laughs> right. Who did, right. Who I didn't? mean, what young girl didn't, I feel like. Yeah. But I think even, like, seminal movies that we kind of grew up, like, Twilight. Gen- Jenny Jenny Han is the name of the author, to so give her a shout out. Well, yes. Jenny Han. Jenny Han. So, Jenny Han, first of all, she's hilarious on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but that's how I found out about the film. Um, and I got really excited because I thought, you know, this is, like, Netflix doing a a book adaptation at all really is yeah. really cool. Um, and I, again, I had seen set it up maybe playing a Hitchcock. Yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock. Right. No, right. 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 <laughs> I, I, that's fun. I saw, um, so I saw set it up. Um, so this summer I was in Milwaukee for an internship and I saw set it up like a couple weeks in. Um, and it felt like that formula of rom-com that I love where it's like yeah. just a whole bunch of comfort soup, almost like oh a big God. warm hug. Yeah. Um, and it was really, what I liked about it was kind of this like funny banter that you see that was very reminiscent to me of like Efren films, like Sleeps in Seattle, You've Got Mail, my favorite. Everybody knows that. The OG, the The one I love. Right. 
Um, and I was curious to see if Set It Up was going to have the same kind of thing. Because it, it's kind of different. It's a high school rom-com, which we've seen before. Yeah. Like, um, oh, my gosh. There were so many high school rom-coms that I saw. Uh, She's All That. She's All That. She's All That. Oh, my God. Yes. I forgot about that one. Right. And so I was like, I wonder if this is going to have the same type of formula. Ten, ten, I almost think 10 Things I Hate About You might even be a closer corollary, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely right. The, the fake something has to happen that then causes them to kind of fake a relationship, you know? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was fake, but I actually really loved you underneath it all. Right, like, and uh... I I love that setup. <laughs> so even you think of Clueless too. So right, so that was kind of what I had in my mind. Yeah, but I love that kind of like we're gonna fake this relationship and then kind we're of actually fall we're gonna love. actually fall in love. So I'm a sucker for that. I knew that coming in. I know. Um, I again, I think it's a charming film. I. I liked it. I watched it the whole way through. I think the cinematography was really good. Yeah, I was surprised. The colors were so the colors beautiful. Were beautiful. Like, I wonder how much I spent on this movie, actually. Right, right. I was really <laughs> impressed by that. I think I was impressed by the performances, but I felt like I, I could kind of, I felt like parts of it seemed kind of awkward and disjointed. I might, that might be the only yeah. person that, but some of the scenes where, you know, when they're sitting in the kitchen and they're talking, yeah. Laura Jean and um, Peter. Kavinsky? Yeah, Kavinsky, is that right? Okay. Kravinsky or Kavinsky? I think it's Kavinsky. Kavinsky, Kavinsky, Kavinsky. you got it. <laughs> yeah, Kavinsky. When they're talking, and it's like you know, she's like talking about how her like her mom died when she was really yeah. young, and it's like a really um, emotional. Yeah, it's a very moment. emotional moment. His dad. And what guy would actually listen? Right. <laughs> what guy right. in high school would actually do that? Kind of right. <laughs> well, I, I do want to talk about that a little bit, like whether <laughs> yeah. or not the guys are too perfect or anything like that. But uh, it sounds like you were still charmed by it, at least, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I ultimately I think it was a good film. Um, I I think the pace I don't have any issues with the pacing. I think again it's realistic for the for the period. I didn't think they felt like, it didn't feel like too Gen Z to me, which I was worried about. Yeah. Like <laughs> here on my eye on my iPhone X, on, you know what I mean, with some weird like plugins. Grade, yeah, right. Where it made well, sense. Like, where Snapchat. it made sense in eighth grade, right? You get Snapchat <laughs> and seeing eighth grade, right? Whereas it made sense in that film. Yeah, it would not have. It would be have. Like, it would have made no sense right. to have shoehorned that into this one. I was so thankful I for the, like, not aggressive, like, technology, like, overload. Right. It felt very, so, like... Like, it makes, sense, it makes sense that, like, she'd, look, she'd find that video on Instagram or whatever, but they don't really do a ton of it aside from that. Right. No. And so, yeah, I, I like the film, but I do think performance-wise, I don't know. I felt like some of the acting I had, I had a little bit of issues with, but other than that, Ooh. I think, yeah, I think that it, it was a decent film for, for as a rom, like as an addition to rom-com, especially Netflix. I think this idea that Netflix is going to produce good rom-coms yeah, is exciting. a very new idea with set it up, set it up made me excited. And I still like an appetizer. think, <laughs> right. Set it up was kind of that beginning of that. I haven't seen the kissing booth. I, um, I saw the, I don't know if either of you have seen the candy jar. That's about, that's another high school. That's a no. rom-com. Okay, that's another it's Netflix, Netflix rom-com. Yes, Ooh. it's a Netflix rom-com about two, like two um, high school seniors who are very competitive. They're on a debate team, and they each want one wants to go to Yale, one wants to go to Harvard. <laughs> oh my god! And they have to end up competing Boy and together. Yes, <gasps> it's really. I reminded me of me in high school. I was very, I was very ultra competitive. <laughs> yeah. Like, um. So it was that was that was good too. That was interesting. I need to watch that. Yeah. Candy jar. Candy jar, candy yeah, jar. that's okay. my plug. It's can it's called the candy jar. Um, that's my plug. Yeah, that's my plug. Not it, sponsored. Hashtag right. <laughs> Netflix is not paying me for this. Um, but yeah, I think having seen all of those in the last two or three months, um, I do like all the boys I loved before. I think um, it's important that we have a heroine that is not white. Yeah, for um, sure. 
first of all. It's extremely important. Um, I think the dynamic— That would have been a bold move to uh, recast that character in a different race, given that, I guess, the author is of Asian descent. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that was super important. We don't see—even now, rom-coms have started diversifying male leads. I have yet to see a lot of diversity in—you know, I know— Spike Lee has that really famous rom-com that he did. Uh, She's got to have it. She's got to have it. I actually watched that for the first time. It's on Netflix. It's really, I think you'd actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So so sorry. I feel like I'm, I'm, I want to give most of the time to talk about this film, but taking the words out of my mouth. But yeah, I mean, I, again, I think it's an enjoyable two hour, an hour and a half, two hour watch. That that is an important distinction to make. It's an hour and a half, which makes it very rewatchable. Okay, uh, that's yes, a good point. It's very, minutes, it's very chewable. Like, yeah, you can watch it again for sure. I, I watched it on a Saturday evening, and it was like oh, okay. right, and it was enjoyable. It was nice. Um, Did you watch it again? I have not. I've only seen it the one time. Whoa. But I, I also want to say, like, I like the the kind of again. I, I think the entirety of that film was upbeat, which I enjoyed. Um, and the music. The music. That's, that's, that's what like I was going to say. The music. Too, yeah, yeah was... I want to ask you guys about that a little later because, as I usually say. I'm a musical Luddite. I enjoyed listening to it, but I, don't, I can't really talk that knowledgeably about music. But um, I, I, knew, I knew from your Letterboxd review, Alyssa, that you really liked yeah. that. But what, what, what else about the film like, really worked for you, Alyssa, that elicited such a positive reaction? Um, I just like how relatable it felt mm-hmm. in a sense that, like, like, I, like we mentioned, like, it wasn't like technology overload. It still felt very current, but like relatable in the sense that like, I feel like I could still live in that moment. And it made me really nostalgic for like high school crushes and like how stupid they were. And just like all the like crap that I feel like girls made up in their head to have in the end. But it just felt very like, I mean, in a sense, like obviously like everything was like made up and like coming from Florida, like we didn't go on a ski trip and like we didn't have like moments like that. But like it made me very nostalgic for like high school crushes. And it felt like Denise said, like very easy. It was very chewable watch. Um, actually when I first watch it, I was like, oh, it's kind of predictable. And then I, yeah, like, but, I, what, but what rom-com isn't like Denise said, I like, know. you know, it's just kind of comfort food. You know what it is? Like they're going to end up yeah. together. I think, can I, I want to speak on that too. Cause I think you brought up a good point. We're only, so having a crush <laughs> at 21, right. I just turned 21 last week. Having a crush at 21 is very different than having a crush at 16. Oh, it feels God, I new. I go back, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you have these butterflies in your stomach. Um, and it, and it's usually you're like knocking things over, right? You're, it's like you, all you can think of is that one person and it affects like your whole like daily life. Yeah. And I think, I think the way she handled it, too, she seemed very mature. I remember my oh, crushes. Cool. I had, when I was, I was a high school camp counselor, my first like real crush, I was like 15 and we worked at the same summer camp and I could not talk to him the whole time. I was just like, like totally t- right, tongue, right, <laughs> totally tongue t- tied. Like I could not talk to him. And I remember thinking, like, if, I, I think the way she handled it was like, I was yeah, like, she wow, was very mature. Well, I was like, interesting. I well, yeah. In this movie, that like her big crush was like the guy that had already been her best friend, and then like didn't realize that she didn't like him until her sister started dating him. So that kind of made it a little. Um, that, that kind of made it like a little uh, easier for her to talk to Josh specifically. But I, what I'm going to say is that the reason that I kind of really appreciated the movie was that I feel like a lot of the – even the rom-coms that we probably know and love um, to a certain extent feel a little unrealistic and that they're about like this very beautiful woman that has no problems in life but can't find love. It's like, exactly. come on, would you still be single like – at this point like really like, i sometimes yeah. roll my eyes at that and, and 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 she's a very pretty girl but like she has actually has like relatable social 
I don't want to call I don't I don't want to say anxiety because that might be overdoing it, but like she has legitimate things that she talks about in the movie that make it hard for her to express her feelings. And yeah. I, I feel like that for a, like a 16 year old girl, like that's like a much more relatable kind of rom com in some ways. And like I said, the Jennifer Aniston can find love kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and it wasn't, and it, but at the same time, it wasn't like she couldn't function. You know, there are people, I'm sure you guys know them too, that like have to be in a relationship. You know, like exactly. they, they, yeah. they, they hop from one to the other. I've, I've known friends like that too, where it's like you don't know how to be alone. And right. it's it, it it makes you worried for their health a little bit that it seems like they just aren't like a healthy person if they're not in a relationship. And while her sister does give her some crap about like I I'm 11 I had to cancel plans because you're and you're here watching the Golden Girls with me and stuff like that. And she has be, she has people <laughs> teasing her, making it seem like uh uh-huh, you don't have a boyfriend or whatever. But she is like not like uh crumbling she's under like, the stress of she's not crumbling other under the stress of being single she enjoys being home with her sister and cooking food with her she has a friend she still likes hanging out with i mean in a way it's like about those moments in which you might feel lonely but like it doesn't debilitate her as a person to not be in a relationship and i thought that but then she still finds her way into one and i thought that was like an interesting different kind of premise and i really liked how the movie pulled that off I think I, I think great. that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That's no, yeah, <laughs> jo- Josh, come, he's well, he's the one with the podcast. Yeah, understandably, that's so. why they pay me the big bucks, and by big bucks I mean nothing. But uh, no, <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. I think this podcast um, sponsored by yeah, audiobooks. <laughs> it's one I will say again as a rom com junkie, as someone who's watched. Yeah, no. I I'm someone who watches um, and and grew up watching telenovelas. I watch Korean dramas on a daily. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that's one beef or gripe I guess I have really is that it's a very unreal, unrealistic portrayal of love. And I think a lot of it seems obsessive in films because you have yeah. to, you have to create a relationship in what an hour and a half, two hours. <laughs> right. So you have to make it a lot more dramatic and a lot more together or, or a set of episodes yeah. right in a show. And I think you have to, my, you know, as a, this is like a, a like a, um, <laughs> what's word for that? Like, uh, my mom always says it's like very cheesy, but she's like, you have to be whole before you get to another relationship. I, know, I think this, like this type of movie, which a lot of high school students are going to be watching is a yeah. step in the right direction. You have to, you have point. to be good. You know, it seemed like she, yeah, she was shy, but it seemed like she was able to overcome, you know, the mean girls. She was able to overcome a lot of fear and anxiety that she had. Yeah. And we all, we've all been there being 16. Like you're don't feel good in your own yeah. skin. Dating a she more did, experienced boy. Right. Right. Yeah. She, right. And she that, did, that's huge. Exactly. And she, and he <laughs> says it, she's like, I'm afraid of putting myself out there and being vulnerable, right. which one of us, when we first had that crush, it's fun to have the crush. And then two minutes later, you're like, Oh my God, yeah. if this person doesn't <laughs> like me back, my life is my over. Life you, you guys over. might, you guys might find this hard to believe, but I wasn't, the girls weren't throwing themselves at me in high school. And oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yes. So, but like, like any other kid, though, I had crushes, and uh, guess how often I acted on them? Uh, pretty much, almost never. So, yeah, I, I, I could totally, even though like this is about a sixteen-year-old girl, I've never been that. Like, I could certainly relate to her, and just like not necessarily wanting to open up because, as she talks about a lot later in the movie, it's like it's almost better just to just imagine things and to actually put yourself out there and get hurt. Right. But honestly, like the part, like crushes are so much fun, like, cause they're crushes. Like as we get older, older, we're like, oh, societal, like we have to like find a love interest that we want to like get married to maybe. And like kids, right. like, like crushes bring you back to like carefree high school, mm-hmm. like mentality. And like, that's what I really loved about the film. Cause it would like, took me back for a little bit. I felt like very like 16 and like, yes. 
oh my God, Trevor from math is like looking at me. Like, what does that mean? Or like, are we dating? You know, like it just felt, but I like, like going back to you, Denise, like what you mentioned about, like, she was so mature, like Laura Jean was so mature. And it's so nice to like, see like a lead woman in a rom-com so confident because like, I know we wish we were like that back then. Oh yeah. And we weren't. But it's nice to, like, you mentioned, like, you know, like, high schoolers are going to be watching this right now, and they can realize that, like, they can be confident and also have a love interest and, you know, also spend time with their family. And it's not, like, the end of the world or, like, they're, like, priorities can lie elsewhere. You can also have a crush and you can also – Yeah, and I think that goes a little – the her being mature, I think, goes also back to a little bit about what I said about just she's not – losing her composure and being hysterical or uh, just crumbling other any of these stresses of high school. And another thing that I think helps with that and also helps us get to know her as opposed to just being this shy girl who doesn't open up to anyone is actually like the the voiceovers that we get from her because that is often – anyone that's listened to me do these podcasts for the last few years knows that like one of the first things I'll criticize about a movie is like voiceovers. I think think it's like a lazy way of storytelling in so many cases where it's just they're they're, they're having this main character talk to us outside of the – course and scope of the film because the audi- they don't trust the audience to just figure out what's going on. So they just have someone tell us. And instead, and I thought that was going to be the case here as you hear her talking a little bit at the beginning and she's like introducing those characters. But like she actually has like a lot of really cool, funny one-liners like or just thoughts throughout the movie that are told to us via the voiceover. And it's like, like when yeah. they walk into the school uh and she's like you can only put your hand in my pocket and she's like, um, like yeah. and then she's like you know it's weird and off-putting to be congratulated on just accepting yeah. notes and having an ass pocket for someone to put their hand into but i guess that's where life has taken me or even when the when the um lucas the 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 gay guy gives her the note and he's like you know i'm gay right and she says yeah uh, and, then, and then she just says only to the yeah. audience i did not and like yeah. little things like that that actually like give you more of her personality i think like really made the character feel a lot more full and it's like uh, yeah. The movie utilized that uh, story to- that device way better than a lot of other movies that get a lot more attention. I was wondering what you guys know, and I think I think first of all, a great point. I was wondering what you guys thought. So when I I knew so I had watched the trailer obviously before <laughs> I, I saw the film, but I was I felt a little bit shortchanged, and this might be because and I went to do a little bit of research on like Jenny Han afterwards and like the book series. Yeah. There's multiple books in this series about Peter Kaminsky and Laura Jean actually oh, yeah yes yeah, so there's like three I think <laughs> um I felt shortchanged on the other on the other men oh, I, because- I had that written down as a question to ask you guys like how much more you wanted from Josh we actually know a little bit Lucas he's the kind of a sounding board and the other two nothing would you have wanted something with like all five guys somehow involved yes I was gonna say I think that the relationship between Josh and so we, we get <laughs> right her, like Laura Jean and Josh, we yeah. get, we get a good sense of it. And I still felt that was fleshed out. Obviously, no coming in. It's going <laughs> to be Peter. I think we all kind of had that feeling. I really? Know. I was rooting for Josh. Did you really? I, I was, but I was like, so no, I was going to ask if we got to know Josh well enough for you to even root for him, because I feel like, uh, right. Noah Centineo has been like kind of the takeaway big name coming out of this. Israel Broussard had actually been to a couple other things, which I, w- I wanted to talk about because I think he's actually a pretty interesting actor but like i i I feel like they could have like actually hyped up done more with josh and then you it would have been an even bigger thing coming out of this movie you would have had team peter and team josh and i don't feel like you're hearing that kind of stuff you know like no there was no love triangle (laughs) right there was no love triangle and i really think that came from them condensing what i can only imagine is three 
three books into one film. So but also, I really but, but also they really establish her relationship with her sister, and she's like, I right. never would have actually tried to date him. It was just all in my head. So that's some kind of barrier to her actually seriously wanting to get with him. Yeah, and no, exactly. And I think, first of all, treating as somebody who has a twin sister, she and I have very different, I think, dating ta- like tastes and in, in, um, partners. Yeah, interesting because which I is, say like twins. Right. You know, like and, the same thing. And the people, you always hear about sisters liking the same guy. We've never had that issue, but yeah. I think it's good that they addressed it. I think, yeah. I think that there's no shame in having, like, acting on it is obviously bad, but there's no shame. I think in kind of validating the fact that she was able to validate those feelings in those letters, I think was a healthy way open. to cope with yeah. it. Right. Obviously they ended up getting there. <laughs> we wouldn't have a movie if they didn't end up getting sent. Right. Like Josh didn't get the, the message and you know, yeah. Peter didn't get his, his letter, but I think validating that was good. But yeah, I really wanted to know about camp guy. I really <laughs> wanted to know more about, no. um, Mun guy, Mun, Mun guy. <laughs> I was rooting for him. I, <laughs> I had some, I, you know what I mean? He had some, there's some, a storyline there. There was a storyline there. Uh, well, so I th- I, honestly, I think this could have been an eight episode miniseries. There's a version yeah. of this where it's like you go all in on each of the guys and maybe like Peter becomes the focus or something like that. You know? No, that's called the bachelor. Right. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the bachelor. Do you guys watch the bachelor? I don't. I don't. No. I do not. Oh, I, I thought we could have had, we could have had a really fun side conversation there. But keep I going. Do you watch it? Yeah. Do you watch Josh? Yeah. Oh it's, my it's, it's like my one. It's like my one guilty pleasure. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. No, I hate that term, guilty pleasure. But, 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 no, no, I saw guilty. Like I own it. I talk about it a lot. Like I was actually just listening to like I listened to like three different podcasts about The Bachelor too. So like I I go all in. I don't hide it. But uh, but sorry. Continue with your actual point about not my. Uh, oh yeah, but one thing I have to say about The Bachelor, Love I don't know Island why you don't watch it. I know Love Island is my next. Thing. Love Island is the move. I feel like for me, The Bachelor <laughs> feels too. Although it's a fantasy, it feels too rooted in reality. Like I need yeah. this idea that it's all fiction in my head, even and though it is. Yeah, but that's why I can't watch it. Like it feels like a. I'm watching this weird, just weird fake reality. A weird. Uh, like constructed artificial reality. Yeah, a lot um, of it's more real than people that don't watch it and just scoff at it want to admit. But then if you watch it a lot, you'll see, you'll kind of see the seams and you'll like tell exactly where, you'll be able to tell exactly where producers intervene to help storylines and stuff like that. So it yeah. cuts it cuts both ways. But like that's why we love rom coms because like they're so formulated, not real, <laughs> right? They're like, not real. The banter, all of it, is just this constructed. It's like a dream, right? The me cute. That's where I mean, that's where all that oh, all comes from. The me the cute. cute, and they didn't. They had like they had like two different. Me, they had like three different me cutes, kind of with her and they Peter. Three, I mean, you that's know. right. I I love the montage of like how she met all the guys. That was yes. so funny. I did. That was. Good. I was oh going to say that. That was really funny. Because like that, like I, like after she like it happened in the movie. I, like I had my own like flashback of like oh my god, like all the guys. Well, that was like, the thing <laughs> about her, her and the dance with Lucas. Like we don't actually know what happened with Camp Guy or Mun Guy, yeah. and but like people will you like especially younger kids they will grasp onto one moment and like extrapolate or um out have, let it have an outsized meaning to them going forward. Same thing as you see with Jen and the spin the bottle game as crazy yeah. as that sounded you know um exactly and you'll, i will one moment will become that scarring or lasting yeah because especially when you're so young you remember everything like to the t like i remember where i was blah blah, blah. oh yeah no Ish. sorry no continue i no, was no. gonna say do you know one thing that i the one gripe i have about, i have a gripe too i was gonna okay, say you go first. The one gripe, I feel, i've been i'm like oh josh i love this film and yeah. yet all i can talk about no, is, like, go, it's good like, you got a lot of different takes but i think <laughs> This is something that's endemic to the high school rom-com 
<laughs> I it wasn't in the candy jar. It wasn't in the candy jar. I will say that. But um, uh, right, we stand the candy jar. I think the thing is that like I always there's always another mean girl. Oh, the mean girl. I was gonna say, say that it. too. We we had the same oh idea. God. This mean girl oh, is like the object. You know what I think of it as like you know um in the Twi- Taylor Swift music video. Uh, oh no, she plays. It's the one. No, that yeah, he, um, she's in the. Uh, she's oh, in the window. No, no, no. She's in the window, oh, and, yeah. she, and the guy's like, "You, you, you, you belong. You belong with me. You belong with me. Short skirts. You belong yeah. with me. You belong with me. There yeah. we go. It's she plays like the yeah. <laughs> the girl, the girl, the, the girl in the convertible, the brunette version of herself. Yeah, right, exactly. Which was supposed to be Camilla, Camilla Bell, Cam- Camilla Bell. Camilla Bell. Oh, that's a different. That's a different. Oh, that's never a different mind. Song. Oh my God, there's so many. You don't know the Taylor Swift canon? Yeah, the canon. The Taylor Swift canon. That's a different song. Um, it's a different song, but it's on the same album. So yeah, I I I was a Taylor Swift stand. She's always pitting girls against each other, right? And I think that's that was one thing that I didn't like. How she? I really don't think they needed that mean girl. Obviously, it's. It, she was probably instrumental. Well, he, he, he he needed to have an ex of some sort. Right, he needed an ex. But I think like they, yeah. we never. I mean, it just, that type of strife. I, I just have beef with this idea that like they're fighting over this one guy. Like that that, it seemed a little weird for her to like still be hating her because she kissed him and spent the bottle. Because then if she, if yeah, then, cause then if she hadn't, if she hadn't kissed him and spent the bottle, then people were just gonna make fun of her. Like what was she supposed to do? It felt very Russian weak. She was like, "Oh my god, you don't remember when you kissed him and I liked yeah. him?" And then it was like. And yeah, then that, that showdown. The there's bathroom? like a very weak. Like, well, I wanted to ask you guys about that bathroom showdown. Do you believe that Jen didn't put the tape out or not? Because like it seems like they're trying to elicit some empathy for her, and she's like seriously hurt, and it seems like we're supposed to be taking her seriously in that moment to some extent. And then we don't. It's never actually officially addressed or proven who put the quote unquote sex tape out. That it's not actually a sex tape, but she keeps calling it a sex tape. Um, I I still think if she didn't have any, she disseminated it. Even if she like didn't, she helped spread it. Even if she didn't take it. I don't think she did it, honestly. You don't. But it's like no. they, they, they don't really go back to it. That's the thing. It's yeah. like I get that like they it's not really that, that important in the grand scheme of things, but it seems like they're trying to make her more sympathetic in that moment about how I'm not as confident as I look, especially like when you kissed the guy like so long ago. And I think we're yeah. supposed to be taking her seriously. So I, if they're doing that there, like are we supposed to believe her that she didn't wasn't responsible for the video? And then does it even matter who was? Because I guess not. They end right. up together, but you know. Yeah, I think it was that part was one of the gripes I had. It was it's like rushed. a very weak. Yeah, it was very rushed. It was a weak plot point that they should have, like, flushed out more. Yes. Um, especially because they made that comment where Laura Jean was like, you know, we're women against women. We shouldn't be even doing this. And I wish something more happened from that. I appreciate mm-hmm. the comment, and I know where she was trying to go, like, to go with that. But I just wished it was maybe explained more. It was kind of yes. like, you know, in Blockers, that one scene where um, – I don't know if you guys saw Blockers. No. I love Blockers. Scene, I love blockers. Did you really, Josh? You're being sarcastic. No, I did a podcast about it. You can go listen to it. Oh my god. Okay, I will. I will. But you know that one scene where the mom, the like the mom that was sleeping, like caught them, and she has this whole monologue about how like teenagers are kids, like they should be having sex. Like why are you like pitting women, you know, not to be able to like talk about their sexuality? You know, that, like whole monologue. Yeah. Like that kind of similar to how I felt. Like it felt very just like. Not ch- I, I don't want to say shoehorned almost. Yeah, like yeah. shoehorned. Yeah. They just kind of s- stuck it in there. And we're like, yeah. and I think, again, as you said, this is a 90 minute rom com. Right. You Maybe can only half- do so much. No, but also, I wonder what half an hour would have done for some of the plot points that I had a gripes for. I don't yeah. know how you guys. I, I, w- like- I would have watched it once and said it two and a half times if it was, uh, if it it was, was two dark. hours instead of one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, I, it's just so much more digestible when a movie's 90 minutes than when it's 120. 
Um, yeah. but I watched it again already too. Yeah. I think I'm the only one who did a one watch. Now I feel like I, I feel unqualified <laughs> to be wow. like, yeah. To, to get, wow. Yeah. You didn't. I honestly, I honestly like when I watched the second time, I only like half paid attention and was going through the, to all the boys memes on, on Twitter as, ah, as yeah. I was watching. Cause they're so that funny. That was something else that I will say. I, the I for sure. Yeah. I was very surprised at how fast. Oh this, my God. People picked up this film. Yeah. I was, to be honest with you, I, I for never, sure thought I, was, had fans. Sorry, John. No, I was just going to say, I'd never heard of Noah Centennial before like five days ago. And he has like 4 million Twitter followers or, uh, or Instagram <laughs> I mean, followers. Uh, okay. You're the, my <laughs> sister watches, um, that the Fosters, apparently he's on that. Oh yeah. Fosters. So people didn't know him from that, I guess. They switched actors or something. And he like, it's the same. Yeah. It was like an act. She had such a gripe with it, but oh, like, my God. but he like replaced another um, actor. actor that like left and he they've just never explained it right it but like everyone bad. in florida's talking about it, especially in south florida because like apparently he went to like boca raton high school oh right yeah, so yeah everyone like true. everyone like i know a few girls that like went to high school Miami i mean went boy. to middle school yeah, yeah, with yeah. him the circles that i run in in south florida are not talking about that but i can imagine <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah he went to boca, so everyone's like but honestly like we slept on the other guys in the film they were all great well yeah. you all well, no, i want to add like denise you were uh was it you that was criticizing the acting a little bit more earlier because i wanted to ask you guys what you thought about the performances i personally thought Ooh. okay i think Here he was go. great i think he was great i have no gripes with noah centineo yeah. yeah i have no gripes with noah's performances Centineo's, for the most part okay i was calling him centineo it's actually centineo that's like actually centineo. yeah that, that's actually right yeah i was i, I was doing it wrong thank you for uh pointing centineo, out. yeah uh, so was I, was, okay, well, I thought you said you had some that you didn't like, so I'll, I'll share mine. And I know yeah, this is probably going to sound sure. terrible, but I thought the little sister was really annoying. Uh, yeah. Very, very <laughs> that's what my irritating. cousin said, too. She I was like, she's so annoying. She's but irritating. then half of Twitter is like, she's a feminist icon. <laughs> like, yeah, like, queen. She was annoying. We stand but also little annoying. sisters are annoying. So Yeah, I, I personally felt that, okay, I was, I thought that, um, oh my gosh, let, Lara Jean's, I cannot believe I Lara. 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 <laughs> What's her name? Lara is Lara. Also, I love how it's Laura Jean. It's like, Laura. That's Wait, so, you're like... trying to get the actress's name? Yes. Lana Condor. So Lana, Lana, Lara, Lara, Lana, Lara, it's confusing. Yeah. So Lana oh, Condor, sorry. that is correct. It's <laughs> Laura. I said Lara. It's Laura Jean. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. You. I said Lara. I'm offended. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm offended. Um, so Laura Jean, I felt like, again, I think the relationship, like, the interaction she had with the, her family members, her sisters, her dad, were all good. I honestly, I felt like some of the chemistry wasn't totally there for me. I wonder yeah. how you guys feel, but the interactions felt kind of awkward like between worse. the two of them. Yeah, in some in some scenes. Well, I kind of appreciate when they're having trouble, like, I mean, it's an odd situation. Like, I wouldn't expect it to be, like, completely seamless. I get it. Like, it might not, maybe... You, I can't disagree if someone's like, oh my god, the chemistry wasn't jumping off the screen. But I think I was just appreciating as I, as I was watching it, just that like they were actually having real conversations, as you mentioned earlier, like the like the first time when they're talking about their families and that kind of thing after the party. And because like my biggest gripe with most rom coms is that like the actual part where they fall for each fall for each other is reduced to like a montage, and you don't actually hear any conversations or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and like some of the ones that I know, like you like a lot, Denise. Like I mean. Like you've got mail. Like it's literally them talking the whole time. Or when Harry yeah. met Sally. Like that's Sally all. That's like that's like that's all conversation. It's all good. But like something like a movie that I really like, like Trainwreck. The part where they actually like oh, figure out they great. like each other. It's like a five. It's like a three minute montage, and then it's like, all right, we're together now. We love each other. And like I don't like it when they zips through that. And I I think I was appreciating as I watched this that like they were having they were taking the time to like actually just like have real conversations. And also I I enjoyed not really knowing like what his intentions were. 
and at the like trying to figure out exactly where he was at what point he figured out that he liked her i this is kind of weird i've because i've act, I, I feel like i should have seen the original movie but i've only seen the remake of carrie starring my starring starring my girl chloe grace moretz and um and and ansel elgort's uh big screen debut and like in that movie, like I, I was like, wow, that guy's like really interesting. I can't figure out what his intentions are. And like, I, yeah. it reminded me of that. I was like, I'm kind of enjoying figuring this guy out. And I could see how like on my like my sec my third rewatch, I wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like oh my god, like sparks are completely flying. But like, I kind of bought that these people would at least like each other just because like they seem to like enjoy spending time together, if nothing else. Yeah. Did you forget? I never got. You know what was interesting? I never got really d-bag vibes from him which i thought i was did you see that tweet where it was like my i think my my friend tweeted it she yeah. was like we can't normalize lax bros like how dare this film like yeah i, 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 I was like, gonna ask you guys like I did did you get not. i guess you didn't get those vibes like did you think like you were and you guys mentioned it very beginning at the of the podcast like wow like high school guys aren't really gonna be that good of listeners or something yeah. like that like did you did it does it take you does it take you out of the movie at all when a guy is like as perfect as peter mostly is i have one thing i want to say about him that i'm not sure if it's a, a flaw or not but it's like for the most part it's pretty perfect like what did you think about that or is that just kind of what you expect out of your like generic rom-com love interest i think first of all i think we have to understand that like i i was as a 16 year old girl you're kind of dumb like you don't know i was gonna say i wouldn't be smart enough to like talk about my feelings like like that also any any teenager i i remember even just like um the interact i don't know i remember (laughs) this is if we're gonna go back to mr summer camp if you're listening (laughs) no he's not i like uh so he i remember like right i remember like I remember one time we were talking about music and he was talking about how he likes, he liked Bohemian Rhapsody. And I, then I was like, like so many music. I know. So, no, so, I, so no, but I liked Queen and I was like, Oh my gosh, well, what do you like? You know, this song. And, and, you know, I mentioned a couple other Queen songs. And he goes, oh. no, I just, just really been lis- listening to Bohemian Rhapsody. And that like crushed oh, me. I was no. like, why does he hate me? Yeah. And that was definitely not the take like, like, yeah. Why- Fake like for me, and then I found out he liked another girl. In <gasps> yes, it was like only like thing. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, no, like, scandalous. She was, scandalous. She was the she was the music like she taught music to the it was to the kids like she was like oh, the no. music specialist. And I was like she would be no, but um I found out at like the bar like the the summer camp counselor barbecue, and then like <gasps> I was it's like really what happened American summer? That's literally how. <laughs> that's literally how how dramatic. And I went home and like listened to sad music yeah. and like cried in my pillow. And how dramatic over a no, two-month romance. But, like, that's reality. Like, I know Peter, like, was, yeah. like, perfect. But, like, that's what you, we would want. Like, I would want that now. I think now. that's how you <laughs> idealize it. I really yeah. think that, like, I really think that Peter, to us, is, like, how we view our crushes. When, really, these dudes have no idea what they're doing. They're like, they're like the guy in eighth grade. Right. And I think, oh, my God. oh I love, okay, first of all, can we talk, I saw eighth grade, and I have to say that the, that's my favorite couple of the year. Peter um, Kaminsky who? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I was saying that guys in reality are more like, not, not, not the nerdy, awkward guy at the end of eighth grade, but like the guy oh, she's oh, crushing oh. on. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, guy, guy that's what, you. oh, yes. Right, that's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. Like, the guy that like has, knows like one song, it's like, that's the, the, the first guy in eighth grade, the, the dummy, like, they're probably, a lot of guys might be like him, or you have the awkward guy, it's like really sweet. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but I can we I just want to have a brief talk about that because that scene at the end with the two of them redeemed. <gasps> it was like, so it cute. Was, I I was like couple of the year. Okay. They were my favorite. That, yeah. They all came I, I got to see a QA live in New York. Oh, did you, and they oh, were all there in person and I can oh, no. confirm all the kids were exactly like they were in real life. Okay. And that last awkward kid at the end. His personality was exactly like it was in the film, and he was so adorable. He would totally buy you all the chicken nugget sauces. He would buy you. Yes. Oh my god! Someone asked me. Someone asked him that in the Q and A. They're like, "Will you buy me chicken nuggets?" He goes, "Oh my god! Of course I will!" Oh like, and I was like a little voice, and I was like, "Oh my god! You're the same!" Oh my god! I really yeah. Funny. But I think again, I really think first of all, that's I think like it's not the a rom com. That's the appeal perfect. of the rom com because again, um, who wants to talk to a guy who's like, like who wants to watch a movie about? some like a, a heroine falling in love with a guy who's he's like, like Hey, but he's no, he like canceled on her four times. And was like, yeah, yeah I can't really, sorry. Can't make it. You That's know, a reality. <laughs> it sets you back into reality and like bad, yeah. bad relationships and bad days you've been on. And I think part of the fantasy, part of the fun really is the fantasy of it. Like exactly. this, this dude doesn't exist, but we get to kind of enjoy him. All of us get to enjoy yeah. a part of him anyway. And I, right. And I, I feel like, again, it yeah. could, I, I don't know. I think for like ostensibly straight women and gay men right. who probably watch a lot of rom coms, maybe yeah. that would. That and would I think like sense. going back to what Josh said, like um, I I think that we like the kind of like pull and tug of like not knowing when Peter actually falls in love before yes, Jean because it's like that's kind of like what boys try to do, like play hard to get and like like I don't I guess the stereotype yeah, not is like front. boys don't like to like share their and she's feelings. The, and she's actually the one doing that a little bit, which is yeah, kind of right. an interesting yeah. twist. Yeah. Which is a nice twist, you know? And then, like, I think that's kind of, like, how a lot of me and my friends are right now. Like, we try to not show it because, well, like, the whole thing of, like, rejection and whatnot. But, like... Yeah, you're scared to put yourself out there. I like the fact that she mentioned that, too. Sorry? That she was, like, I'm scared to put myself out there. Yeah. Who else? When did we ever talk about that? Even though we were all going through the same thing at 16. Yeah, no one wanted to admit, like... No one wanted to admit that (laughs) we were scared of getting our heart broken. That's part of the... That's part of the game, really. And at our last conversation with Josh, like he makes the point to her, like you wouldn't have even found Peter in the first place if, like, you hadn't put all the if, if the letters hadn't been sent out. And her sister asked, like, why did you address the letters? Like, a part of you deep down there, like, kind of like maybe wanted them to get out or something like that because you weren't yeah. you were afraid to just do it yourself, you know? Right. And I really like the part where was it towards the end when uh, Josh was like, you know, you have to tell people how you feel. Yes. Like that's yeah. like kind of reality Powerful. coming back, and it was really like inspiring honestly it was, like, it was a very inspiring rom-com what did you guys think about their like uh quote-unquote breakup and how that kind of ensued and because like one of my least favorite tropes in movies is when like a character seemingly withholds uh, a very important piece of information that they could, for no real good reason that they could say at any time and just to advance the plot and I, he doesn't tell her until the very end oh yeah the reason that i uh went to her house that went to her hotel room was to tell her that it was over and instead, it's like when when he yeah. co- when he shows up at her house after the Christmas dinner, he's like he's like nothing happened in the hotel room. He's, he's she's like, what happened was you went in her room in the first place. And then he says, oh no, I wouldn't. Uh, well, you know, we have a history, and like I'm always gonna. Um, I, I thought I, I think I might have uh, yeah, even, like, even yeah. written it down here. He, he said something like, oh well, yeah, look, Jen and I dated for a long time. Those feelings aren't gonna go away. It's like, and I was struggling. I was like, is that just like a lazy plot device to get them they broken up for longer? But then I'm like, that might be the one example of like how he's not perfect. Like he might be kind of dumb at the same time because like right. the smart thing to say right there and said oh, look we have a history we, we yeah. like yeah like, he, he should have just said like yeah um, i went into my room to her room to break up to like tell her it's never happening like he doesn't say it right there outside of like her house 
And yeah. I, 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 I was wondering, just wondering how you guys thought that whole thing was handled when they have the Josh shows up and then her sister comes out and like that. It's kind of like the one wacky kind of like kind of like the end of Crazy Stupid Love, you know, like where everyone just like shows up at once. Yeah. And what did you think of that plot device where you got everyone in one room at one time just to like see what happens? What do you What do you think? I, was gonna, I kind of like the madness of it. Like yeah. I like I like that it all kind of tied together. Like you know what? That's that film like Valentine's Day when you figure out like how they're all related. <laughs> It's like one of have, those films. Have either, Not really, have but... Have either of you seen Moonstruck? I saw that because of... Oh, Ar- yeah, I saw yeah. it because of Arjun, but, like... Yeah. Um, Moonstruck, do you remember, at like, when they all get together, and she's like, by the way... Yeah. That is funny, he, yeah. Italy, That's a good example, yeah. That's immediately what I thought of when you mentioned oh that, but I love... I love Moonstruck for that reason, and yeah. I think, okay, part of... Part of a whole family dynamic is that sometimes things are going to be dysfunctional. Yeah, like she liked, awry. she liked her sister's boyfriend, you know? Yeah. And I think that like putting all those feelings together, right. I, I had no qualms about that. I think that, I was, like that. that was done well. And then what I really liked about it, even if like I, at first I was trying to think really too, too hard about whether or not it was like a lazy plot device, just not to have him like tell him right there, like, yeah, I told Jenna it was over, was that like you do have her like actually have to like, you, you see that it, it helps tell the story of her relationship with her sister and that it's like, yeah, her sister's initially upset, but like her sister's like totally there for her though. And like things get worse even right after that. Like you can see her sister get upset in the moment, but like the sister is still a good sister at the end of the day. Yeah. I think the three, first of all, the fact that it's three, like three sisters and like a single dad, I wish that dynamic. dynamic. Yes. I love that dynamic. I wanted it to be explored a little bit more because the sister was gone in in Scotland for school for a while. So that was one thing I kind of missed, but I think that dynamic is really cool. How many single dads do you see really in rom-coms or like high school films? Eighth eighth grade had one. Um, But yeah, actually fair. 2018 (laughs) might be the year of of single dads. I think, I think the, the dad in eighth grade was like a pretty great dad. And this dad was a, this dad was pretty good too, just not quite as involved uh, as the dad in eighth grade. I mean, I like that. I like that scene they have at the diner at the end, where he's just kind of like no, he he kind of makes it clear to her like he's playing the um, everybody wants to rule the world and, he, and he, how the mom dance and how he wished she she he wished that she had even gotten him out of his shell more, and yeah. because and then as a way of like explaining to her like look that's kind of the same thing that peter did for you you know like you're like it works both ways and in, in the relationship in that way like your mom had that effect on me and that's why this could be a good thing for you right no but, i agree yeah um i wanted to go back really quickly to the part where you mentioned how like you know like peter was peter said that you know he went back to her room and like like you know like we still have history and like in retrospect, like, I was like, oh, well, like, how did she not know that he didn't go back to the room for that? Or, like, mm-hmm, I guess same. I kind of predicted that. But then it's, yeah. like, when you're a teenage girl and you're in that moment of, like, this guy went to her room. Like, that's all you're going to think gonna, of. Of course, right. number one, you're going to overreact. And right. Even if he had said I, it was to break up with her for good forever, like, she might not have still believed him anyway, you know? Exactly. And then, like, the part where he was, like, you know, well, we have a history. And, like, I don't – I forgot how long they dated, like, like a year um yeah. a year in high school time. a year in high school time year. maybe eight months yeah it was like fall and then the ski trip trip was right. what like oh, February oh, the, two, the two of them oh yeah i mean yeah i don't know i guess a few, like, mo- a oh, few months right never mind because it was like at least a year and like yeah, i mean the whole right. well no because it happened at the start of the school year right and then the and then the ski trip i thought was like christmas break because it's right before it's right before christmas you know, so right. at that point they'd only been together for like four months and they, so they're juniors in high school, right? So yeah. she was, and they had started dating after the spin the bottle thing. 
No, no, so no, she, not necessarily. That that was just when they had a crush on her. Yeah, right. But he, Wait, are you he, talking about how long Jen and Peter dated or how long Laura and Peter had been dating that. at that point? Yeah, because when you said we're having a history, is that where you're Yeah, we're having about? history because I just want yeah. – That was multiple years, right? Two, three I don't know years. if they started dating right after Spin the Bottle, but they had been together for at least a, a pretty decent – I would say probably at least a year. Maybe two years, yeah. three years. But, like, ultimately, yeah. like, if we're assuming that, like, she was Peter's first love, like, I would defend Peter in the sense that, like, your first love is not something that's, like – like easy. Yeah, you never forget that. You don't, like either, forget that. Though. I understand like yeah. the history part of it. So like at that part when when he was like, "Oh, I have a history." Like it sounds very like douchebaggy, but in reality, like first love is like serious, and you kind of like stays with you. You don't really like you know lose it. Like just like how like Josh, you know, and it ties back to Josh and Laura Jean's sister being like, you know, did you forget about her at first or like you know the right, question? That's a conversation so, like, that, right. It kind of ties back to that. Right. And he was like, yeah, well, in the first few months, you know, I thought about it a lot, but like after, like I knew why she did it, like. Like relationships aren't easy to like forget. So I, 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 I really like the part of like Peter that yeah. was like new and hopefully. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Denise. No, he, I, that's something that I want to say. I was a pretty, I really liked Peter almost ex, like, ex, I never felt exclusively throughout the, <laughs> exclusively, exclusively throughout the film. Like <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I, I thought as a, lead where whereas this could have been douchey territory and then when they fall in love you feel like yeah. that you've been cheated out of like an actual right. where where did he earn it yeah peter earned it to me i thought he was Ooh. yeah that because we're <laughs> it, you know what i'm talking about in that movie it's like yeah you were bring it the weekend sorry. he's in his 20s in case you're curious denise he's not he's not yeah, like actual high school age right yeah right right sponsored right no no uh, <laughs> Smother my book over town high school. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I, for me, I felt like maybe it's because, um, again, there's something about that cold character. You see a lot of Korean yeah. dramas, this like cold, aloof guy who is like mean. And then she, yeah. like, you know, the main character, yeah. the main lead gets him. Right. You feel in a way, in a sense, you're like, like where yeah. did he earn it? Yeah. When did he get that? I felt like, Peter, I never felt like I really doubted Peter's feelings. He really her. treated her nice. Yeah, he was good to her sister. Right. He was sweet. He made and... dumb decisions, but I never felt that he yeah. treated her poorly. What did you? Which, and you said you you said you were rooting for Josh at one point, right? Like, what did you like about him? You're rooting for Josh. I well, okay, I will say that. I was rooting for Josh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 maybe I was forgetting who said that. Maybe I was thinking about Lisa. I was just curious. Like we were talking about whether or not we wanted more out of that character and what more they could have done with him. So I was curious what you guys liked about him because I really like that scene he has with Laura Jean at the end. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know if he really left much of an impression on me, but I like that actor a lot. I like, yeah, he, I think he's a great actor. Why didn't you say anything? Do you remember? Why didn't you say anything? I was, I was, I was annoyed. I was like, why why isn't she talking out? But then I'm like, you know, I have not felt comfortable to like communicate until I'm like, I was like 21. You know what I mean? Like, I understand like not wanting to communicate. And she's like, I really don't know what to say. Like, that's genuine. Even though it bothered me, I'm like, why don't you tell him like what the truth is? Like what's going on? If you guys are really good friends, I don't know. That part annoyed me. Yeah. Yeah. I I also, we never really got that much of a backstory on the friendship. I kind of wish, in a way, I, I rushed. Well, they, right. talked, they talked about drinking drinks that had one drop of pee in them. So that really like helped them bond a lot, you know? Right. Ew. Truly, that's the way I you bond that. with your male friends. I feel like we've all, <laughs> we've all done that. Just guys being dudes. Just guys, guys yeah. being have you, have you ever you guys seen uh, Sofia Coppola's The, the Bling Ring? No, but I want to. No, but he's to. in it. He's in, he's it. in it. Yeah. yeah. Have you, oh. you, you have or haven't, Lissa? 
I have. I'm sorry, I have it, but I know. He's oh no, it. I, I recommend watching it because it's like a very different performance. Like he's playing like a. I I, I can't remember the character. I think the character is either like, gay or like metrosexual, but he's like uh, hanging out with like a lot of girls and like it's it's like a very very different vibe. And he's like pudgy kind of too. Like it's looking ooh. like. And then he was in Happy Death Day last year. Um, yeah, obviously. So it's like he's like really like become like a whole different person since bling ring and i really thought he was like an interesting performance in bling ring and now he's playing like kind of the other heartthrob it's like and he convincingly does both so like i really like that guy and i think even if there wasn't a ton to that character like you said we didn't find out a ton about the foundation of their friendship like i still thought he's a good enough actor that like i still thought the character felt more substantial than it might have been in the hands of a not as good actor yeah Um, and we need to like ultimately praise uh what's her name lana lana condor lana condor condor yeah her facial expressions deserve like in Oscar because yeah, I they were good. I, I like made the same good. expressions when she did. You know what I mean? And I yeah. I felt like I knew what she was thinking in that moment because of her facial expressions. Like she did such a good job of like portraying everything. Like I remember the first scene like that would like stand out in my mind is when she was at the diner and she sees <laughs> Peter oh. next to her and she goes, like like her face is just like the exact like feeling that we would all feel. Like I just thought she portrayed it so well and like she crushed it in my opinion. Like her her role. Her role? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. You I don't feel, feel that way? No. Well, yeah, because Denise didn't buy the chemistry as much. Oh, right? you, I, the chemistry? <laughs> yeah, that's different. I like just like her. Like if you look at her yeah. solidly, like her outfits, her <laughs> acting. Did, like, you agree, I, did you agree that she had better style than Jen? Yes. Oh, yeah. The dog boots. boots? I would get <laughs> from Etsy. Also, who would buy boots from Etsy? Uh, I don't think any girl would. I was like. That, that's not true. No but, girl would. No girl would buy from Etsy? Uh, like, no. Like boots? No, they would not. Boots. I buy like a pin. Accessories, <laughs> yes. Boots, no. Definitely not. That was unrealistic. Yeah, it was. Also, the weird, like, cousin vibe from. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That other. She. Uh, Okay. That girl was funny, though. I don't she know her funny. name. I'd like to have a friend uh, like that. I don't know, I don't, I'd like to have a friend that's as uh, cool as her and loyal as her, but it's yeah. a little interesting that she just, like, shits on her cousin that much, you know? I yeah, know. I thought it felt like, very weird. It felt weird. I was just like, she just like, doesn't give a shit. I was like, are we allowed to shit like, with her? Like, yeah, are we allowed yeah, I told to? you, we have the explicit tag. It's as much as you're comfortable oh, with. Sorry. <laughs> Um, no, I, Bell yeah. shit right in, like, Yeah, let me just start. Profane language starts now. I think... The thing too is that um, I don't know. I I know this is not going to be this is going to be a very hot hot take. I think uh, I, I might not get. Yeah, I definitely might not get. Uh, <laughs> I might not. I definitely don't think I'll get agreement from either of you. Maybe, uh-oh. but I felt like some of the performance on her on her part was kind of wooden. I don't know. I just okay. kind of like there was something about you know how in set it up. I felt like right. I felt like. Um, Zoe Deutsch? The main character of Set It Up. Zoe Deutsch? Right. Zoe Deutsch's character, I felt, was more... I just felt more of her personality. I think the voiceover helped and things, but... You think, that's, were... you think that's the main reason you like that movie better? Because, I mean, we're kind of deep into this podcast, but I did want to talk about that a little bit, because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the other big Netflix movie this summer, and I was curious, like, was it just that main performance that did more for you, or did you like kind of like the conceit of Set It Up more, and that kind of did more for you than this? No, I really, I think, I, I think I, I liked Zoe Deutsch's performance better. I also, to be fair, <gasps> I, I know, I see, I knew I was going to run each other. I still think, I still think Lana Condor is a good actress. Yeah. I think, I think no, she had right a, right, she had a, a harder role. I think Zoe Deutsch could do the quirky girl really well. That is, that's and, basically her. She's, 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 right, she's, like, she's, she's, she's delightful doing it, but she's kind of playing herself. Yeah, it reminded me of like a Zoe De Chanel, but more palatable kind of Zoe De Chanel in yeah. a way. Um, but I, I, 
with Lana's character, I get it. It's a somebody who's shy, doesn't have relationship, yeah. um, like a background with relationship, let's say, or relationship history. Right. But there were, yeah, there were times that I was like, hmm, I don't, like some of the acting was kind of, I don't know. Okay. I, it was, yeah. And I, I think there was something about how pleasant, <laughs> again, rom-coms ultimately are supposed to feel like a confectionery. Like, and they're kind of personal like, too. Body. Right. And I just felt like with set it up, it was just so enjoyable the whole way through. I kind of hated. And that my, was something. My, my, my thing with set up was that like I hated myself for enjoying it as much as I did. I was like, this this is just so ridiculous. I know too much about yeah. like sports sports companies to like. I thought like I, I just couldn't get over how ridiculous that office was that she worked in and like the oh yeah like the whole Lucy Wu running the sports company and like even though like having like way more money than any sports writer actually probably uh, would to run like their own online sports company and all that. That was one thing for me. And just like the conceit and how like, I don't actually know that many executive assistants. I know they're a thing in New York city. Maybe they can control their bosses lives to that extent. And I was just like kind of rolling my eyes every time I did, but then I was smiling like every single scene too. So I was like, I can't believe I'm enjoying this as much as I am. Whereas like, I don't think I like had that same, I can't believe I'm enjoying this. I was just like, I'm actually just surprised. I'm genuinely enjoying this as opposed to like, I hate yeah. myself for enjoying it. And that was kind of like my difference with the two movies where it was like, I, the conceit of set it up was almost like a little too ridiculous for me. But like, I, I was so charmed by those actors. I like Glenn Powell a lot also. Yeah. Yes. Glenn, Ooh, I saw him guys. the guy. Yes. I saw him in, um, I saw him in, um, hidden figures. Did either of you guys see, did you guys ever, either of you see everybody wants some, the Linklater movie? No. no. Ooh, no, no, no. if you like Glenn Powell, that's where he, that was his big break. Came out oh, two okay. years ago. I mean, except he's kind of like playing a '70s looking guy with long hair um, and a mustache. But yeah. uh, has has Zoe Deutsch is playing Blake Jenner's love interest in that movie. So they're both in Everybody Wants Some. Highly recommend it. But uh, sorry, I, no, I no, no. What you're but yeah, I think so. You know, I think what I have probably need to do is give <laughs> is give um, uh, to all the boys I loved before a second fair shake. I think I need to give. I think it's maybe better the second time. Lana around. Condor a second, right? And some movies. Are like that. I yeah. think for me, Sleep is in Seattle, the first watch was ridiculous. <laughs> and I appreciated it a second time. But really? that's the, like, yeah, Sleep is in Seattle. I, I told you, I, I went on like a Nora Ephron binge last year and I was just like, how did Sleep is in Seattle get an Oscar nomination for screenplay and, I, and not You've Got Mail? Like, I just don't get Sleep is in Seattle. Like, I, she heard a dude not, on the radio and now she's in love. Like, what the hell is this? I okay. have always had a gripe about, <laughs> I love okay, Sleep I can go, Seattle. we need, okay, if Josh ever had an, an F like an Efron, I would be so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing some, uh, some flashback podcasts. So that might be in the cards at some point. Perfect. So don't, so, so, so don't waste, don't waste too many of your takes now. But uh, okay, um, yeah. But but did you have some re- reason you were comparing that to this? Oh yeah, no, yes. I think that was a movie that needed for me to appreciate it. Needed a rewatch, and yeah. I think I might have to. Two things. I think I'm definitely going to read the book to get a better understanding of the characters yeah. and then i'm definitely going to rewatch it a second time yeah because there was a yeah i think it deserves that for me at least yes i think the hardest things with rom-coms is we have to remember too there's such a like genre bias oh yeah with it so it's like um what do you, what like, do you mean by that i just think like rom-coms are considered like only like a woman's like thing that they can watch and like you know it's like not manly to watch them and you know like like going back to like guilty pleasures like it's such like a like oh this is my guilty pleasure or like you have to explain why you like a certain rom-com that's like kind of current because like everyone knows like classically like you've got mail is so good and um like sleepless in seattle and stuff like that but you have to like nowadays especially you have to like 
kind of argue why you loved a rom-com like do you think do you th- that's the other thing i want to talk to you guys about though and i i would agree with you i i'm not as familiar with people that specifically have that attitude because i was doing podcasts for three years on my other podcast with my friend anthony and we both really yeah. like we we both did like rom-coms whenever we had the chance to talk about one like our second ever episode was about sleeping with other people which is a, right. another pretty yeah. underrated one from the last couple of years but like do you think that gender bias has anything to do with the fact that like so few get made these days do you think people are afraid that they're not going to make money because they think they are only going to appeal to women like i was curious to get your guys thoughts on that if you had thoughts on why we're only have, we only have three months left in the year, or four months left in the year, I guess, and we've basically had like three movies all year. Only one non-Netflix movie this year that you could even really reasonably call a rom-com. Okay, that's a good. So I can think of. I really loved going to see. I saw Trainwreck in theaters, and I also saw The Big Sick in theaters. And she I felt like, pretty. No, I have. I have not. Seen, I know. <laughs> I have only seen the. So I. The reason I went out to see those in the in like the theaters was because I wanted to support the idea of the rom com as yeah. like a surviving genre, <laughs> um, outside it's of dying. Netflix, right? And I think it's there's a very real sentiment. Um, I think, you know, we have kind of entered an era where like the movies that are getting made are these like huge blockbusters. And if so not we're in, like the seventh, like, yeah, yeah, we're like in the seventh iteration of like, um, you know, <laughs> mission impossible. Mission, no. Yeah. Oh. Mission impossible. <laughs> I was thinking of, um, Jurassic park. We're in this, like the seventh iteration of Jurassic oh park God. basically at this yeah. point, but nobody wants to tell like a, a different kind of narrative. Like how many right. Marvel movies, you know, I like them too. And star Wars films, but because they're make, they make so much money and you know, it's I, like, why do you need to support them? Right. I, I, Oh, I think like, especially cause people, I don't know. I'm sure like Josh can speak to this more better than I can, but like, I can imagine that, you know, movie theaters do feel like, I don't know. I think it's probably a lot of people are staying in to watch films and they're not yeah. going out. You know, that was why movie pass was so big for like a second. And then, right. you know, I think, I think it's what, like, if it's not going to make a whole bunch of money, when, why put money, why into put it? money into it? Especially because right. Netflix is not, sorry, go ahead, Josh. You're yes. No, 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 go ahead. I should say, like, I, I don't know how I feel about Netflix right now because I know they axed a bunch of comedy shows and I'm like, right, not cool with that because I know they're not invested in like actually letting people grow and stuff like that. So I'm kind of curious to see like what they're going to do with like, you know, the success of these rom-coms and like, you know, Alex Strangelove, I think got good reviews and stuff, but yeah. they really are lucky that like all the boy, oh, this movie, <laughs> to all the boys. I don't think it's not a good title. I think, I, I think they could have a better title for sure. It's too much of a mouthful. Um, but it works for a meme (laughs) but i but i i I agree with what you guys are saying though in that but i mean i do think there are well yes the for big franchises take up a lot of the oxygen like there are movies that get made that like there are still a decent amount of movies that get made that aren't on that kind of size budget you know like a lot of the stuff you see get nominated for best picture um only every now there's only every now and then where one of those is one that has like over a 50 million dollar budget you know what i mean yeah. um so like there, there is room i mean it's just there is room in the indie world maybe they only want to make those budget level movies for that ones that they think have a chance at an oscar and maybe that's the problem it's like you need to have like there needs to be someone that's willing to take those risks on movies that they don't think will win Oscars but still might give them some profit margin, just not the profit margin of a Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, I just thought like – because that, that, it's a common gripe in general that the, mid, that the mid-level studio drama, like a regular adult movie, that they, those just don't exist anymore. But like I feel like rom-coms probably are like on a similar budget, and we just don't see them as much. We haven't seen a ton of them in the last like few years. I feel like we've already mentioned just about all the ones in the last five years just on this podcast and passing at one point or another. Exactly. 
And I wonder like how well this film would have done if like it was a theater film. I don't yeah, I think about that too, actually. Because, yeah. I mean, like, streaming affects everything nowadays, but especially, I feel like, these films. And, like, and because, you know, rom-coms are considered guilty pleasures, it's so much easier to have it stream online where, like, you can watch it at home, you know, or, like, I guess no one knows. Well, then I guess <laughs> crazy – well, think about – to be fair, think about Crazy Rich Asians. Like, Crazy Rich Asians did so well. But it wasn't marketed as a rom-com, I think. In my opinion, okay. it was marketed towards – like, I think I the market – I thought that there was a rom-com element to it i don't know I don't that's know. how i yeah I that's why i, I wanted yet. to see it but really yeah. you still I, got time it's still out there i know yes you'll, you'll, you'll like, like it on movie pass right now is like the meg and crazy rich Asians. i have yeah i have i'm <laughs> watching that this weekend i've decided that i'm no matter what no 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 oh um, crazy rich Asians. Crazy rich yeah so that, so that movie has a thir- that movie has a 30 million dollar budget and it's made 91 million so it's probably going to break 100 million on a 30 million dollar budget and that's what i'm kind of talking about is like studios willing to spend and I, you guys were talking earlier about how uh to all the boys i've ever to all the boys i've <laughs> before uh has like you're wondering how much it costs to make and i gotta think scenes where you're having a ton of extras and being able to round out high schools not that cheap and they seem like yeah. they probably did i don't know if they went on location to the mountains or not for that other thing because oh right. uh, like I mean, that that place looked kind of fancy but like you could fake that hot tub scene and any just about anywhere so i'm not really sure how much that cost but i, I doubt this cost uh, i doubt this was 30 million dollar budget so I, that's why i'm curious like if you put this in theaters i don't know like a lot of people are only watching it probably because it's on netflix and it's so easy and they don't have to buy a ticket and movie pass is dying unfortunately and it's not as easy to go to the movies as it was four months ago so I don't know. It's something I've thought about a lot because I've probably – just because I haven't had the opportunity to do that many rom-com podcasts, I've more bemoaned – like I talked earlier, bemoaned the loss of the mid-level studio drama because yeah. I just ha- – there are more of those still anyway um, than there are rom-coms. But like it's just something I thought about, and I know you guys do know these this genre fairly well, and I was just didn't know if you guys had thoughts on it because – even though, like you said, maybe there's gender bias. I'm a guy that does enjoy these movies. I watched this one two and a half times. I, 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 I was watching it before we did the podcast. I had a long, not so fun day at work, and it made me feel good. And I think yeah. people, people, yeah. people like feeling good, you know. And like you would think, someone would want to capitalize on that. Why? Well, I, again, I think because I'm a, I'm someone who loves rom coms. I think <laughs> that's the. Again, I think that is ultimately why you watch them. Like, yeah. I don't know anyone who – what I always say is that You've Got Mail is that movie for me. It's the one where if <laughs> I'm happy – I'm celebrating. <laughs> she, it's that bitch. <laughs> I'm celebrating something. I'm sad about something. I'm sick. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's that – again, it's that warm hug film. Exactly. And I think sometimes you have to plug into a film and – you know, you don't want to plug into something mindless. I get that people wouldn't want like a bad rom-com. We've all seen terrible rom-coms. And I have many thoughts on this idea of like the stoner, like guy raunchy rom-com, which I still think oh, is God. like, a, do you know what we're talking about? That like, like between 2000, like five, like, like 2000, yeah, like pineapple express, super bad, all okay. the yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that you, man. Count, yeah. But the, these ideas, these films were rom-coms and I, yeah. they were very male oriented and I never thought right. they were. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like, we, we, you're, like, you're right, there's not a lot of rom-coms coming out this year, and I just looked it up, there are, like, a few more, like, I know Destination Wedding, with, like, Winona Ryder, and, like, oh, Keanu yeah. is coming up, and then there's, oh, Juliet Naked just came out, which I, I, I don't, that's not a rom-com, really, it's, like, kind of, like, a weirder, a weird, indie thing, but, I mean, there is, like, an element of romance in it, um, yeah, so what can we consider, I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that this weekend, I think, actually, 
Um, Honestly, the last one, the last rom-com I can really say I watched was The Big Sick last year, and that was it. But yeah, I think, I mean, I well, let's say outside of Netflix rom-coms, right? I really can't even. Right? So I think. I mean, The Big Sick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, The Big Sick, which was a great film. I feel pretty. I I saw I Feel Pretty. Yeah, I mean, like, I I, I don't know. I feel like it, it. it's a movie that had like potential and just didn't know what to do with itself. And it's like, it's barely even a rom-com because it's so all over the place. I I would still stand for a best supporting actress nomination for Michelle Williams in that movie. Just saying. Um, Oh yeah. She's really good. Now that you guys are talking about it, you don't don't need to watch. It's not good, but Michelle Williams has like an amazing performance. Um, she does. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. She had like a problematic role and like everything. And the ending was really bad, but (laughs) And yet, still and, yet Michelle, <laughs> and yet Michelle delivered. Yeah, yeah I think a- ultimately, yeah, I, I, I am, I feel that this is positive, a net yeah. positive for rom coms in general. If Netflix continues, yeah, I'm really to give to see. this type of output, I think first of all they are absolutely capitalizing on this, and, and next gonna year see. There's a big we're going to see more films like this. Exactly. You know, again, I've seen almost all of them besides the Kissing Booth and like yeah, Alex Strangelove, yeah. but I've seen the Candy Jar. I have seen Set It Up. I have seen Tall Boys of Love Before, um, and What's they're next? all right. <laughs> Netflix, but I think that like. And even, okay, talking about, um, like, romantic, like, television or output that's, like, around the world. Because, again, as you, as I said, I, I used to watch Stunnabella's, like, crazy. And, cra- like, Jane the Virgin is probably the most, like, it, 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 it's based actually on a Stunnabella. I don't know if either of you knew that. Yeah. Called Juan de la Virgen. So, same thing in <laughs> Spanish. Um, but that's what I could say is the most Americanized version of a, of a, of a like South American. So this opera. kind of stuff works in other countries is what you're saying. Right? right. And even in Netflix itself is producing Korean dramas. I had a friend who got me into those and now I'm watching all those. Whoa. There's a ton on Netflix that I have been watching. There's actually, so this is true. There's a, a drama, a, a remake, a Netflix remake of a Taiwanese drama from 2001 called Meteor Garden. Ooh. Um, and so, it, yeah, the episodes, I have been watching it all summer. The episodes, there are six episodes that air a week. So two on Wednesday, two on Thursday, two on Friday. Mm-hmm. And next week, right, next week I think is the last, the end, or, or even Friday. I think they're they're wrapping up the last four episodes or so, and there's like about 50 episodes, and yeah. each one's about 44 minutes. But that's stuff that's gotten huge buzz, too, that I've been seeing. So I wonder if this type of, like, soap opera or, like, like traditionally, right, traditionally, like, female-oriented, like, maybe Netflix will take on Bollywood. I think there's a lot of opportunity to see what Netflix is doing with, like, this type of popular culture and, like, popular romantic content, if yeah. that makes sense. I, I, I've been enjoying um, Meteor Garden, um, so I think that would yeah. be interesting. And the last, thing, the last thing I'll say, then, is that as far as just their ability to keep doing it, I think one of the more interesting things about this movie is that, I mean, I guess if you had watched The Fosters before, you'd seen that guy. I guess her older sister is on Pretty Little Liars, which I never really watched. Right. Who I, I I could tell she was older. Like I was like, this girl is not in yeah. just graduated yeah. high school. And I checked, yeah. and she's thirty. Um, but okay. still, she's like she So like, if you'd seen either of those two TV shows, you'd seen those two characters. But other than that, like the only real person that anyone in this movie might have known would have been uh, the dad, John Corbett, who ironically enough 
was the love interest in my big fat Greek wedding, which is a, um, which is another like a big time rom-com from a time at which these things used to be more common, but he hasn't, you haven't seen him in a ton of stuff since then I'm betting. And I think, so I can't imagine it was that expensive to get him to do this movie. And you have all these other actors who most people have never seen before. And it's still like really popular. So I feel like if, 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 if their internal numbers show that like a lot of people are watching this, then I feel like they should be pretty encouraged. It's like, okay, we don't have to break the bank for like really well-known actors to like make these movies that people are going to like. So hopefully that'll encourage them to keep making more like this. Cause maybe it's not actually that big of an investment. We don't know how much they spend on it for sure though. And knowing yeah. Netflix, they always fuck it up somehow. Like we clearly are all like, please give us more. Of this. Right. And they never, and they're going to give us like, like next year's going to be like all about science fiction. Like, yeah. Like it's going to, they're going to like, do a 360 and like not give us what we want and it's like we'll still be here for it unfortunately you, <laughs> you mean know? you mean you mean uh the cloverfield paradox didn't make you want to watch a bunch of more uh science fiction movies on netflix don't even get me started josh oh that my so God. bad i'm <laughs> so upset about it didn't it, oh didn't it win like worst yeah, in uh, the film group I'm, it was, i think it did oh, yeah. yeah worst for the midway through the year yeah yeah all right. Well, um, are there are there any other questions or any other points about the uh, to all the boys I've loved before or rom coms in general that I didn't ask you guys about anything? Any other takes you needed to get off your chest before we uh, sign off? What do you um, think? I think people should watch more rom coms in general. You, oh, one last thing. You, did you have anything you wanted to say about the music, Alyssa? Because I know you liked it, and I as I was doing my rewatch tonight, I did kind of find myself enjoying a lot of the music cues. Anything else about that though that you thought wanted to say? Yeah, I'm. I mean, obviously, I'm like a huge music fan. I go to a lot of concerts, which is probably so nerdy to say. I don't know. That was a weird setup. But um, I thankfully had my subtitles on actually when I was watching it. And I wasn't really paying attention to the music, but like, I mean, I was, but like not enough. And then luckily, my subtitles were on, and it was like, oh, you know, like the song is this is this band is like Chinatown by like you know Wild Nothing. It's called Wild Nothing, and I was like, oh, I had to like add to my playlist. And then I've been bumping it on Spotify. Yeah, every single yeah. song I like added to my own playlist. I and have, then yeah, they sh- like and then and then Blood Orange started playing, and I was like, yeah, Blood oh, Orange, like, hell yeah, yeah. A, a cultured. Yeah, I know. Cultured and then, and then you know it worked out because the new Blood Orange album came out, and I was um, like, great. I was twenty four. Like, that was a weird like. It was so a good. Yeah. So yeah. I think all the music was really well chosen you know because like you know if they chose like older songs like are usually that are usually in rom-coms it would have felt too like nostalgic mm-hmm. but and if they chose like you know too many not like rap songs but anything that's like they played like drake if they played like in my feelings like that wouldn't have fit well you know like i don't know but i think the song choice was was very appropriate and like very indie it's a high school it's high it's school and it high felt school. high school like i think we all we all listen to that type of i think that if yeah. they moved the music choices even like a little bit it would have felt off but like they yeah. chose the perfect songs and i really commend to whoever i know the director usually chooses music sometimes but mm-hmm. um i commend right. whoever did it yeah i think it did help the vibe for sure um yeah all right, guys. Well, I, I've really had a lot of fun doing this. I appreciate you taking the time to join me. I We went pretty long, but I think it was worth it. Uh, it I, what, what I normally like to do before I sign off is give people a chance to plug anything. If you want to plug a Twitter or a letterbox or a blog or anything like that, anything you want to throw out there, or you can just be a closed book. It's up to you guys. Uh, Lissa, anything? Yeah, I mean, I am Lissa Adderhold on Twitter and Instagram, L-I-S-S-A-A-D-E-R-H-O-L-D-T. And you can follow me on Letterboxd. I think I'm Lissa Lissa, so L-I-S-S-A, L-I-S-S-A. Um, I write really dumb reviews unless I really care. They're all just like, John Hamm was really hot in this film. So sorry, I think you're disappointed. Evergreen um, tweet, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And so you can follow me there. Denise? Um, I, I feel bad saying this. I feel like I, I need to get my own stuff on there, but I really don't have much. So I, I, I will say 
If anyone wants to add me on LinkedIn, make a LinkedIn connection. It's <laughs> the nerdiest plug I've ever gotten on this podcast. Connect me on LinkedIn. That's where you'll find me. That's probably. But um, honestly, I, I yeah, I have a LinkedIn. Nothing else to right. plug. Cool. I'm, yeah. uh, as usual, Josh Jernavoy, uh, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y, all in one word on Twitter. And that's the same thing on letterbox and if you want to at me on linkedin you can search my contacts if you want to meet a bunch of other lawyers in the south florida area or failed sports journalists so uh that's about it but i appreciate all of you who are still listening and took the time to join us today and um should have something else coming out in the next couple of weeks got searching this weekend and stay tuned for that and we'll see you next time